0: hi this is john barnes and you're listening to cop on well,
1: well 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 well
0: welcome all of you all of you wherever you may be whoever you are whatever time of day or night or evening this may be welcome to cop on podcast i'm delighted to have douglas with me from the dugout football channel i've got nigel with me and we're going to start With a poem by James Baldwin, the great James Baldwin, called The Giver. If the hope of giving is to love the living, the giver risks madness in the act of giving. Some such lesson I seem to see in the faces that surrounded me needy and blind, unhopeful, unlifted. What gift? would give them the gift to be gifted. The giver is no less adrift than those who are clamouring for the gift. If they cannot claim it, if it is not there, if their empty fingers beat the empty air, and the giver goes down on his knees in prayer, knows that all of his giving has been for naught, and that nothing was ever what he thought, and turns in his guilty bed, to stare at the starving multitude standing there, and rises from bed to curse at heaven, he must yet understand that to whom much is given, much will be taken, and justly so. I cannot tell how much I owe. Doug from the dugout, absolutely wonderful to have you with us. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate your being here, and everybody in the chat, uh, you know, let us let us know, let us know your thoughts as we go along here on YouTube and um, you know, in terms of giving, I chose that poem because I I just wonder how Jurgen Klopp's feeling tonight because he would have surely seen Manchester United versus Arsenal, uh, Arsenal you know full of vigor full of vim full of the the daring do of youth and confidence and exactly what where we were in 2018 2019 around about there looking so hard to beat on course for a 100 point season and here are we cut adrift um what do you think you know how big is the gap i mean besides the points they're already on 50 we've got 29 it's completely crazy how big is the gap how long is it going to take for us to catch them up doug
2: i think we've seen today that they that is the standard we need to get to um i thought arsenal were terrific i mean they are absolutely relentless whatever they're you know they're doing this season um you know you know they go one no behind and you know they don't really they, they like they go one nil behind but they, they, they immediately they're on they're on the front foot yeah again um it just they're just relentless like they are going for a league title for the first time since two thousand and three two thousand and four um and what what pains me to say this is we finished a lot of points ahead of those two last season and now look where we are we're, you know in twelve months we're actually adrift of both of those but. You have to say that that game today was one of the best games I've watched this season, just in terms of sort of entertainment. Um, I was happy in the end that Arsenal won it um, because I think Manchester United sat back way, way too much. They did the same against Crystal Palace and they were punished for that. Same as happened again. They were punished again for, you know, sitting back too much. But how long is it going to take? I think it will take a couple of seasons to get up to that because... Arsenal are a team that have kept faith with a manager that could have easily been removed, could have easily got an experienced head in, but what, what Arsenal have done, they've kept faith with this manager and look at the team he's building. I mean, you know, Saka, Martinelli, they've even got Trossard in there, and Ketia, he's, he's he's coming up trumps as well. Xhaka, people were wanting him out of the club for like ages ago. Odegaard is one of the most improved players this season as well. They have a very, very good unit. They are going to push City very, very close, and I really hope they do it.
0: It's looking good for Arsenal, uh, Nigel. Do you, I mean, do you think at this stage that they're, they're going to do it? They're, they're five points ahead with a game in hand.
1: Well, I said a few months ago that I didn't think they'd stick the pace, but they're, they're doing very well. They look a good, solid unit. Like, like Doug said, there, Xhaka has really come to the party. Like he's he's doing very very well. He's he's actually brought his Swiss form to club form. He's looking a much better player. He's not. I don't. Think he's getting needlessly booked as much as he had been. Um, they just look a lot more solid. It's, it's and A lot of it is kind of belief when you get on a bit of a roll. I think it was like like that with us when we played in in 2018, especially when we started getting on a roll under Klopp. um more and more belief came in, and as we bought in a little bit more quality every time our players developed a very very confident age to them but we seem to have lost that confident age um we need like we we had a quick quick talk beforehand and restructure is the word we need i think
0: depending on what it's going to be well yeah i mean i've been saying for 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 weeks months um actually a couple of years that we need a new defensive midfielder but i've been saying what i've been saying for for weeks is i think we need i think we need five i think we need five new players um, you know, it might sound a lot to some people, maybe, but, uh, you know, count them on your hands like I'm going to do now. So we want to replace Oxay chamberlain uh, We want to replace uh, um, Henderson. Genie Alden, we've never replaced him. Uh, we want to replace... Uh, I Not forget Nabi Cater, thank you, of course. Yeah, we, I mean.
1: We want to replace Virgil van Dijk. Put somebody in place while he's still there. We exactly. Want to, we, we might have somebody there that might be able to replace Mo, but you've got to be looking at the future.
0: We've exactly. Like, That's the number look. five is the defender. And, you know, we could even, a uh, 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 right back stroke centre back, you know, because uh, I think Robbo and Costas are still good down the left-hand side, but uh, yes, exactly. A right back stroke centre back, someone who can play both roles so that, You know, Gomez could sometimes play right back, could, you know, maybe. Um, But, uh, you know, an upgrade on Joe Gomez, basically, and then move Trent into the middle as well. Um, It sounds like a lot, but it's just like the gap is so obvious. We're a mess. We're an absolute mess. Um, Rory Fitzgerald is in the chat. Great to have you with us. Hi, Rory. He says, good evening, gents. I hope you're keeping well. Do you think Tiago will be sold in the summer with one year left? If not, does he want an extension at Liverpool, and will we give it? What do you think, Doug?
2: Um, I don't think Thiago gets sold in the summer. No, I don't think he does. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll stick stick around. I don't see us wanting to get rid of him anyway. And why would you? I think he's he's probably our best midfielder. Let's be honest, he's our best midfielder in the squad. He's our best passer of the football. Um, just everything he does is—he—he uh, he is such a joy to watch. So for me, I don't think he—don't think he gets sold. Um, contract extension, possibly. I could see—I could see him getting a, an extension potentially.
0: Would it? Would you do it though, Doug? Personally, if it was up to you
2: if it was up to me i would give him an extension yeah
0: okay you wouldn't worry about his legs falling off uh, more than they ever have
2: he'd be a good squad player to have let's just say that he'd be a good squad player not not someone who starts every week almost um, in- instantaneously but just somebody who's like ready to sort of come in and you know play Play sort of like the like the sort of the number of games that he he has um this season. He'd be a very very good squad player next season for sure.
1: We we need him to to get an extension for more than the playing reason. We need him to bring on guys like Bitechetch, and and we need him to we need him to, to school these young lads on how to play. The Bitechetch was probably our best player again yesterday. I thought um I thought he was brilliant. He looks really really composed for such a young kid what he needs to learn from our experienced players looks like he's doing really well there at the moment but yeah i i would definitely definitely give an extension to tiago not from just, just the playing
0: point of view just playing devil's advocate here though nigel i mean we've already got pretty damn good uh, experienced players who we've given extended contracts to like james milner jordan henderson uh, fabinho Is still there and now these are these are all over 30 players now they're all over 30 years old they haven't manifested into 30 clones i mean they're over 30 years old and they they they, so you think there's room in the squad for one more nigel you're 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 not worried that we've got too many of those anyway
1: not for what tiago is no and on the with that outline thing of helping the kids. I think Milner is the same thing. Actually I think Henderson is probably the same thing as well. Um they're there to help bring the next generation through as well. The, the one the one position we're really, really short on Zick, like you said we never replaced Genie and It's mm-hmm. we're so short in
0: that position. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. We we need we need three combative midfielders because every single time we've come up against a combative midfield in the Premier League or even semi-combative, we've you know, wilted like the like the coriander in my kitchen over the last couple of days. Um, Mr. Boom Bastick is in the house. Hello, Mr. Boom Bastic. Um, he said off topic, but Arsenal are literally following the trail that we blazed. I'm kind of happy for them in a weird way. I'm happy for them. I've got friends who support Arsenal, and uh, you know, it's a it's a better story than City winning the league or or Man United, of course. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm happy for them. They haven't won the league since you know back in 2004 or something like that, a long time ago anyway. So you know, I'm 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 delighted for them. You know that they can, uh, you know, they've got they've, they've they've got a lot to cheer about. You know, why not? Good good on them. Good on them. I wish it were us, of course. But it could it could be a could be a lot worse. Could be a, a Manchester. Uh city or united title race, which would be very boring. Um, Mr. boombastic says by Chetic has his dad. His dad was a good player, also. His dad was an amazing player, uh, because I saw him with Mazinho, uh Tiago's dad, in, in at Anfield. I was there in 1998 or nine when um when uh, they, they came to Anfield and played us off the park, the midfield destroyed ours. So, yeah, uh, it's all looking good for Bajetic, Doug. Um, is he now in the team ahead of Fabinho for you?
2: Yes, for me, on current form he is. Um, I think Fabinho has just been terrible this season. I just think he's, I think he's lost some kind of, he's lost that kind of like, he, he doesn't sweep up anymore. Like he doesn't sweep up the the, the ball anymore. He, like we used to call him the, the Hoover, but not now. It's like he's lost something. Like, I don't know if he's lost his legs or it's just a player that's really, really out of form. But for me, Bacetic has been fantastic in the games he has played. Um stefan iniesta i think is uh, what jamie uh jamie likes to call him (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: yeah
2: yeah um so yeah for me i think i think the there is a discussion to be had there that i think needs to needs to start more games and you know he's only what 18 um he's got a lot a lot of years ahead of him and He's already looking the part. I, I I really was very impressed with him yesterday. Um, showed some nice touches as well. Like he did some nice touches against Wolves, but yesterday he showed some nice nice touches as uh, yesterday as well. But I'm very impressed with the, the way he's he's settled into the team. And I just think him playing alongside Tiago is just going to make him a better player. Tiago being the sort of the mentor and by Chetic being that sort of apprentice
0: it's it's good i mean it is a, it is a shining light there there are you know there are there are chinks in the in the dark curtain uh with light shining from behind the dark curtain and he's one of the rays of lights that's shining through that darkened cloth of this season um i've got some stats on the screen that these this is fabinho in the last 365 days. Um, He scores very well in the 80th percentile for passes attempted. Okay, so he's getting on the ball a lot. Pass completion, he's in the 83rd percentile. So he's doing very well at keeping the ball, which is a key role, of course, for a number six. 87.4% passing accuracy. His progressive passes are down only in the 49th percentile. And that's something that you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't level as a criticism against number six, is it? Because it's not their role to progress the game; they just win it and give it to the to the guys next to them. So, of course, he doesn't dribble; he doesn't get into the attacking box uh, either. But his tackles, he, you know, people might be a little bit surprised about this. He's only in the fifty third percentile for tackles, and you would think that Fabinho would be a bit higher than that but his interceptions are very good the 74th percentile blocks in the 80th percentile clearances is only 37th percentile which means he's not doing enough probably at corners and set pieces and things and his aerials one is 68% and i think if you if we compare fabinho to our other midfielders i think all of them bartiago I'm keeping him out of here, but all of them, bar Tiago, we can do a lot better. They can do a lot better as individuals, but we could do a lot better by going into the market and actually buying someone. Did you see, Doug, that John Henry um, was giving some kind of talk? Uh, I only saw about a five second video clip of John Henry being booed by Boston Red Sox fans because he used the word, Expensive. Who's talking about how expensive it was to sign baseball players? And immediately the crowd gave him some chip. uh What do you make of all this stuff, John Henry, and the lack of spending? Is it really getting you goat? Is it keeping you up at night?
2: It's really getting starting to get to me a little bit um, because how how they can basically say that everything is expensive and all this nonsense and the thing is i think they've just bought a player i think for 250 million dollars if, if i'm right and saying i think they've, they've went over to i think to buy and spent a uh, player for the the red Sox. and you know you know the, the the thing the thing that really bugged me was the the deloitte um figures that came out were worth 700 million pounds apparently um, or or we've made that. So if we made seven hundred million pounds, where is that money going? Like, where is that money going? Like, it's just going to be kept with FSG. Um, but yes, I, I we have been badly badly needing midfielders for a number of years. The midfield has completely been neglected. Um, and the problem is for a midfield is that apart from Bajic and Tiago, nobody tackles in a midfield anymore. Henderson doesn't tackle. Fabinho doesn't tackle. When was the last time you saw Naby Keita make tackles? Jordan Henderson make tackles? Like, it's only Thiago and Bacetic that just seem to make tackles. So, that has to be a big, big, big concern um, going forward. So, I am praying to goodness that we get midfielders in this summer. Um, and, And also, another thing that I'd like to say as well, that I hope that we have more than just one target. Yes, go after Jude. Absolutely fine, but have a second choice, a third choice, a fourth choice, a fifth choice. Have alternative targets. Don't focus on one target. Otherwise, we'll just be back to square one, and we'll be looking at panic buys.
0: It's an excellent answer. It's a really, really good answer. Um, Yeah, we. we, I mean, the panic buys, the uh, Arthur Mello kind of thing. But it's very interesting what. Doug's saying about tackling and things like that, I can I can share some some uh, some of Jordan Henderson's stats, and you can see that he does very well at shot creating actions compared to other midfielders. He does very well in progressive passes. That's always been his game. Those excellent progressive passes, and they are excellent. He's in the ninety fourth percentile for you know the amount of passes that go towards the opposition goal, ten meters minimum. Uh, and he does them first time he does them second time and we've seen it that lovely lovely passing that he he has but his past completion is only in the 60th percentile and again we can do so much better defensively Nigel it's always been his problem he's actually gotten a lot better because he was last year he was only in the seventh percentile and now he's in the nineteenth percentile. So eighty-one percent of midfielders are better at winning the ball than Jordan Bryan Henderson, and it's it's a shame. And I really want him to not be as bad as that. But as much as we want to, it's just not his game. He's a he's an attacking style player. What do you what do you make of it, Nigel? Uh, yeah, I,
1: I, he is an attacking style player. The the problem I have with our midfield this year on tackling because I don't think we're getting close enough to make the tackles we're getting cut apart by little simple passes little simple one twos round the back of our players and the and the lads are just kind of they're being caught while they're they're getting turned too easily and then once they're turned you can forget about it once you start get, once you start turning players you can forget it we've I've had this conversation with my manager in work who's a United fan and we've had it we've said it several times Harry Maguire great if you put the ball straight down the middle on his head clear it all day get him turning that's the problem he can't, just cannot handle the tournament. You remember the time a few years ago when he was playing with Leicester? Mo scored two goals in the day. I think we were behind against him. And they put the ball in tight to him and he got too close to go to Mo and Mo just rolled him. And he was stuck to the Mo's back and Mo just rolled him around like he had him in a backpack and he had no chance once Mo got behind. That's <laughs> yeah, been happening a lot. We'll, we'll get, captain, get mm-hmm. these little one-two passes behind our midfield and we're not getting in the position to make tackles like we had like uh, two or three there and we're playing kind of like that instead of playing like that when the man when fabinho should be sweeping up behind say henderson Henderson, yes uh, uh, and for the uh, the,
0: sorry for the audio listeners instead of you know uh, just explain yes we're playing horrors we're playing two horizontally instead of one behind the other as well
1: one behind the middle one behind Mm. the other Mm -hmm. and sweeping up in alternate directions yeah sorry i forgot about that Uh, (laughs) no
0: it's all right we've got to to keep our dear audio listeners Uh, in, in the loop of what you're saying but yes no you're right yeah the shape has been bad the one twos uh, uh, something that i commented on last night they're bright uh, last week sorry that when bright uh, capitulation against brighton was uh you know it was just how easily yeah. especially henderson you could just play a one two around him you know they Apple, gave schoolboy stuff
1: school boy. Boy. like uh, um, we were talking about the other the other day that yeah earlier on there about by he actually seems to be stepping in and making a few tackles, and it yes. helped a lot yesterday. And it's it it it's that thing I've been talking about. I think I've been talking. About, I think I've said it three or four times on on, the, on different pods over the last few weeks. We are given no protection to our to our defence. Like the, the lads up front can do a little bit, but like forwards aren't tacklers. I played up front myself. I, I couldn't tackle to save me life. Terrible. But um, you know, the midfield is supposed to give a protection as well as trying to be a bit creative, and we're doing
0: neither. It is right made open in the middle. Well, I mean, the one person who is doing something is Tiago. And you can see his stats are on the screen now. His tackling is in the 92nd percentile. His interceptions are in the 95th percentile. His blocks are in the 74th. His clearance is in the 45th. And Ariel's one in the 68th percentile. And he's so good with his head. It's amazing yeah. for sure. someone so small. And then progressive passes in the 98th percentile. So he does everything that Henderson does and more. Past completion eighty nine percent, absolutely yeah. amazing. Go just on, Nigel. equate
1: that just to equate that to a song lyric. Lou Reed and Straw Man spitting in the wind comes back at you twice as hard. He Ooh, can do all that he wants. I like it. But it's coming straight back at us.
0: Yeah, I yeah. like it. Very yeah. nice, very nice stuff. Um, yeah, Lou Reed, what a legend. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Tiago. I mean, you know, he's a, he's, he's 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 a one man midfield. But you've got you to question at some point, at some point, all of the decision making that has gotten us into this pickle, not just with transfers that we've uh, talked about already, but like, you know, little things, in-game things. Doug, I thought it was mad talking about yesterday's game, the ball fest, the sludge fest. It was like walking through, you know, a lake of sludge. Uh, the entire game was rubbish wasn't it you know the the level was very poor but part of that i found it baffling how you've got cody Gakpo, who's new to this league um he gets all of his goals and assists in holland from the left you have harvey elliott who's probably low on confidence because he's getting all kinds of stick from having been played out of position all season He starts on the left-hand side instead of Gappo. Gappo's playing in the centre and Mo Salah on the right. Whereas Salah has experience of playing in the middle. He's still our best attacker, even if he's having a bad season with only seven goals. And even though we're halfway through, which is crazy, which we can talk about a bit later. But for now, I want to talk about that weird decision. And then, of course, after we started the second half very well, Klopp took off Naby Keita, which you can understand because he can't have... You know, need to protect Nabby to stop me getting injured again. But he put Harvey back in midfield again. And even before that, he didn't mix mix them around. It was weird, Doug. I didn't
2: get it. It was weird. That was something that baffled me yesterday. Like when I was watching it, I was like, Harvey Elliott is not a left-sided winger. Like he is not a left-sided winger. Like when I saw the lineup yesterday, I thought, right, okay. So it's gonna be Gag on the left, Salah through the middle. And Hailey on the right-hand side of the the attack. No, no. Hailey is on the left. Gakpo's up front. And Salah was like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" Um, look, I love Jürgen to the hilt, and you know, obviously, congratulations on a thousand um, games um, as a manager. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But he got his team wrong. Yesterday. Um he's playing players out of position. Like Harvey Elliott, as I keep saying, is not a left sided midfielder. Like every time the ball came at him, like I think Chelsea were just sort of crowding him out, crowding him out, trying to get um trench basically trying to get the ball off him every time he went forward. The one good play he did, I think it was when Robertson went uh went up went, went, went basically by him. I think that was the only time he ever he did that in that whole game, it was basically when by him. Um, and obviously his cross wasn't great um, after that, but yeah, I mean Gakpo didn't have a good game yesterday. I mean he, he is snatching at chances. I have noticed that. Um, just needs to take a little bit more, a little bit more sort of precision on his on his on his shooting as well. The big worry for me is that Mo Salah's form since the World Cup has been shocking. Now I know he got his goal against um Wolves in the in the FA Cup, but there was something that really, really was very concerning to me. Was uh, when was the last time Mo Salah jumped for a ball? When was the last time he jumped for a ball? When was the last time he tried to like jump for a ball or you know, basically take a man on? Like he hasn't done that for a, for a while. Now I don't know if that's Klopp been actually asking him to do a new job, maybe for him to be the sort of creator of the of the team. But yesterday, that kind of got me thinking, why is Salah playing on that right-hand side when you know that Harvey Elliott, the other night, right-hand side of the attack was very, very good against uh, against Wolves. But yeah, for me, if you're going to play Gakpo, Elliott and Salah as a front three, you have to have Gakpo on the left, Salah through the middle and Harvey uh, down the right-hand side.
0: It's weird. I didn't get any of it. Nigel, what do you think of it? What do you think of Mo Salah? What do you think of Gakpo and Elliot as a front three? They they, they were like three individuals miles apart. It was like they were sort of three radio towers, could only communicate over the valleys and mountains. It was so weird. I didn't get
1: it. Well, if you remember our chat from the previous part, I wanted four four two. Um, I don't think we can play that system without, we say, a Firmino or a Jota in the middle or a nunes even he actually did come on and, and played well for us yesterday i thought he i thought he did very well um but i really i can't i just can't have harvey elliott playing that position at the minute and i can't have him playing the position he dropped back into because he was he looked lost he looked absolutely lost i like harvey but there's such a thing as ugh, there are just positions he cannot play and he cannot play midfield like that he simply can't
0: but um, why is it taking so long to figure it out, Nigel? Because he he's played every he played in every match this season in the Premier League. He's played yeah. all 19 games. He's got one goal and one assist. Mm. So when is Klopp gonna just take him out of the firing line, stop playing him in mid- midfield and play him in his best position where he got his one either his goal or assist? I can't remember, but was when he was playing on the right as an attacker.
1: Yeah, um Salah gets injured. Um I think that's about the size of us he he's fitting them in because he knows he's a good player i think but i really really can't i, I just don't think he'll play sal uh, on the left-hand side with harvey behind him like it just doesn't work for me um because i said it before mo gets tripled up on and when they break there just isn't anything behind Mo to stop our team that's one of the problems we had this season i've said it before if Harvey is playing to, between Trent and Mo, he's either caught too far forward, or if he gets traced to stay too far back, he's letting there's there's guys filling the gap because he's too far back, and they're just passing the ball around them and getting one on one with our centre backs and our right backs. It it just does not work. It can't. It cannot work the way he keeps playing them there. It's just we I I I, you know, I like lo- I like the I like the chap. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. But not in that position. He cannot play there. He just I'm. Yeah. Fed up saying the stitch. I like Harvey, but no, I'm not there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we can see it. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where I mean, you know, Klopp was talking about how how people everybody's got an opinion, and it's true that we don't know. We there's a lot about football we don't know because we've never, you know, studied it to the to the level of these guys. We don't have anything like their experience. Of course not, we're fans, but at the same time. We've been watching football for years and years and years. We've seen thousands of games. It's not as if we know absolutely nothing. And if every single fan agrees that Harvey Elliott cannot play midfield, and you can just look at any particular stat, any stat. I I, I haven't haven't actually looked it up. I'll see if I can bring it up on the screen. For example, my favourite one from fbref.com. Let's just have a look and just see What Harvey Elliott's stats are this season? I haven't seen it. Apart from, of course, the one goal, one assist in 19 Premier League games. 1,116 minutes, apparently. Um, And if you look at his tackling, there you go. He's in the sixth percentile for tackles. So 94% of midfielders across Europe are better at tackling than Harvey Elliott. Uh, You know, it's... It's madness. I mean, he, he scores very highly in terms of you know touches in the atta- attacking penalty box. He's in the ninety sixth percentile, which means he gets loads of touches in the box, and he receives a lot of progressive passes, but he doesn't convert them into uh, goals or assists or you know danger. He's wonderful at keeping the ball in close in close spaces, but he's Bobby, also, he, Bobby like the number ten. Yeah, but even then, his pass completion is only uh, 79.3%. It's not good enough for a midfielder. You're looking at, you, you want to get 85% for a top, you know, top of Europe style midfielder, which is what we want. So he's just not a midfielder. And it's, it drives me bananas because it's not his fault. None of it's his fault. Um, you know, when what would you do? Come like so go on.
1: Let's him push slightly forward, like the tip of a diamond, or something like that.
0: Something like that, yeah, exactly. His, where, he can,
1: where his creativity comes into him, where he, where his, where his little dribbles. I see the dribbles there, seventy-seven percent, and his touches—the little bobby touches, the little flicks here and there. You know, the little passes in behind the defenders.
0: Shot Act creating activity. actions. He's in the ninety-third percentile. Exactly. He can create <laughs> yeah, other I think shots for other people, but yeah. even then. Even then, like, he's short he's short on confidence, you can tell. Curtis Jones, very similar for me. It's like they've been coached to whatever you do, keep the ball. And, you know, forget about the goal. And it's just not what we need, Doug, from, from one of the attacking positions in a Jürgen-style team.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't want to see Harvey Elliott anywhere near the midfield. Um, you know, I... I, I don't think he's a midfielder. I I I I've said a lot of times on other other people's channels and on mine that I think if you're going to play Harvey Elliott, it definitely has to be down uh, the front three, um, and definitely right hand side because that's that's where his that's his actual position. Uh, I'm not sure he's quite a number ten. Um, I mean he he could he could easily be that, but um, yeah, right hand side of midfield is not not his position. Uh, but I don't think I don't think it's his fault because I think. I think the players that we've had available this season, um, haven't really been fit. Like, you know, Keita's not been fit for for ages. For I mean Henderson's been in and out of the team. Milner's been in and out of the team. Like we you know, we haven't really had a midfield that's been sort of consistent, 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 consistent. It seems to be getting changed every single every single week. Um and also defensively as well, I think we've been I think that's where we've been lacking this season, is defensively. Like I know people are saying that, you know, Van Dyke can have a bad season. Like Gomez, I think I still think, for me, I know Gomez had an okay game yesterday, but every time he played the ball back to Alisson, it was very, it was a mishit pass, it was overhit. The, I, I honestly don't think Gomez is a centre back anymore. I think you've got to say now that he's probably a right back cover. Um, And if if, if obviously the news of potential that Ramsey's potentially going to go to Swansea uh, on loan, uh, I have heard that today, Um, then I do think Joel Gomez will have to be the right back cover um, while, um, well, obviously Ramsey gets sort of game time at Swansea just to get his his progress up because I feel sorry for Calvin Ramsey because I think he's one of those players who has signed for a new club, but he just seems to be getting injured injured a lot. Um and he just hasn't he just hasn't had a had a kick. He hasn't, hasn't had a had a look in, um, unfortunately. And that's what that's what could happen at a, a big club. You know, I remember Nico Williams took a bit of time to to get going. I think Calvin Ramsey will get there, but I do think he just needs a bit of a a low move just to get some game time. Come back refreshed in the in the summer get ready for for pre-season and then i think you'll be ready for next season
0: yeah agreed agreed absolutely uh we're going to go through a few of the comments um i've had another great question in from from rory which we'll we'll get to in a moment um michael O'Connor's in the chat he says looking at united and arsenal today we're light years behind to go from Competing for four trophies last season to the ineptitude of this season is incredulous. Yes, it is. And the Egyptian King is here. Hello, Egyptian King. Great to have you with us. He says, or she says, because I'm not sure, with a midfield like ours, no wonder Salah is playing woeful at the minute. If you're relying on Fab and Hendo to push forward for you, that's a sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, yeah, there you go. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, absolutely. It's all a bit Freddy Krueger um salah yeah i mean playing woeful he's not i mean woeful by his standards yes i'll give you that but he's still he was still dangerous i mean he he it's just you know like you say he has no service you know so so little to do but you know so if you look around europe um you know the, the there's one player that rory's talking about um he says um find his question again declan rice has 18 months left on his deal and is likely to be sold in the summer after rejecting contract extensions with West Ham. Do you think we are active in the discussions with his advisors, Nigel? Uh, I suppose we don't know that, but I mean, would you like us to be active in the discussions with his advisors? I'll bring up some of his stats while you're giving your answer.
1: I'll tell what we face what I think. Um, he is a decent player. I would rather see us going continental or somewhere else rather than paying 120 million or whatever it is you'd have to get for a limited english player limited
0: i yeah but look at his stats they're pretty damn good they're pretty damn good his defensive stats he's in the 61st percentile for tackles the 93rd for intercept interceptions the 60th for blocks the 82nd for clearances and the 67th for aerials one so the clearance is one is 82 is way better than anything we've got at the moment in terms of defending our box from set pieces which we're suddenly mm-hmm. rubbish at uh, and his past completions at 89.8 percent which is magnificent that's in the 94th percentile mm-hmm. but you're saying we can do better which is true there, there were you know 39 percent better
1: all these people that are giving out about jordan henderson would love rice because it's the same type of player. He's
0: he's that type of. Well, he's not the same type of player though, Nigel. It's... He's not the same what type you... of player because uh, you know Henderson it's... scores very poorly down here with tackles, interceptions, blocks, clearances, and and all that. But he's he up...
1: In the in the long run, mm-hmm. Rice will end up that type of player if you know what I mean. I know he's he's decent. What age is he now anyway? Just as he... a matter of interest, now Rice.
0: Well, he's uh, twenty-four and eight days.
1: I think I think we can do an awful lot better. Okay. I really do. I think we can do an awful lot better. Okay,
0: yeah, fair enough. Okay, where do you stand on it, Doug Declan Rice?
2: Uh, if I'm being honest, I think he's Arsenal bound. I think there's a lot of talk that he could potentially going to uh, be going to join Mikel Arteta um, at Arsenal, that, yeah. and um, I think that would be a very good move for him. Um, I like Declan Rice, but I do agree with what Nigel says. I think he is slightly similar to sort of Jordan Henderson. Um, a little bit, and I think it's quite brave that you ask a question to an Irishman about Declan Rice, considering
0: what he did. Uh... The turncoat, <laughs> no, Nigel shaking his head. He doesn't. He doesn't hold a, nothing, a did,
1: nothing to do with it. I just. Uh, I just. I... He's never really done it for me. He just—I just don't think he's creative enough. He's a decent player. He get the foot in and stuff like that. I know we need a, a guy who's going to block up the middle, but I just think we can do a little bit better and go for somebody who's who can do both, like a Fabinho, for an awful lot cheaper than. At the, the at least 120 million, we're going to have to you'd have to shell out for.
0: Maybe with 18 months left on this deal, he would be a little bit cheaper in the sort of 80 90 region, but it's still a lot of money. I've actually got a, also a few possibilities that are brought up on the screen. One of them is kefran Turam Ulié, lillian Turam's uh one of his sons who are professionals. The other the other one's Marcus, of course. Um, His stats are really good. He's not the best at clearances, 37th percentile. Ariel's won the 33rd percentile. Uh, His defensive stats aren't amazing, to be honest. The best is interceptions with 68th percentile. But his dribbles are good. His pass completion is really good. His his, uh, non-penalty expected goals and expected assists is very good. So he's a creative player. He can tackle. He can get back. But his big bonus is that he's 21. He's going to turn 22. So his stats could jump up. Um, Another one uh, that I would, you know, like if you compare, like for me, uh, a guy who's a bit of a Rolls Royce in midfield and under the radar Rolls Royce is Andre Frank Zambo Anguissa, uh, who who just scores amazingly for assists, um, dribbles, Pass completions at 87.4%. Blocks is good. Interceptions is good. He's just the all-round midfielder. I think Napoli are the best team in Europe, Doug, at the moment. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And especially with what's happened to you know Juventus um, this week as well. I think they're going to probably be the favourites for the Serie A title. Um, I've been very impressed with Napoli. I think they... I think they could go far in the Champions League. I really do. Um, is,
1: is this the guy uh, with the dreadlocks in the middle of the field, guys? Sorry. Yes. Yes.
2: Anglico. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him. Yeah, liked him. he, he, he he's, he's very good. He was a star at uh, the African Cup of Nations for Cameroon when they made uh, when they made the third place playoff. I think I think they beat Burkina Faso in the end. I think they, I think they did. Um, he's he he is a very good player, uh, Anguissa. Um, remember him at Fulham he was quite he was quite good there as well. Like they had the midfield of. Anguissa and Jean-Michel Serri, I think they had um as well, um so yeah for me you know if if we are to go down the down the route of uh, of players overseas, a Kevin Turan would be great, um, and both some Anguissa would be would be great. Um I mean it's it's obviously got to be better than Ruggerbert Song anyway, uh, the last Cameroon player to play for the for the club, um so that's that's something to to look forward to um as well. But yeah for me um If we are looking at the fielders, Anguisa, I agree, agree, with, agree with Owen, and I do think Kevin Turan would be someone else to go for.
1: Just another little uh, aside to that as well uh, when we're talking about Royce, um, Klopp has a habit of signing guys who are not established stars. He bought Sadio Mane like, for 30 million, and everyone was saying, Who? Who's the guy? is the guy, that was at Southampton. 30 million for him, and look what happened. Most solid. Chelsea reject, roll along on down the line
0: yeah but you know you see i've been i've been a geek for many years and i like and i've always looked at all the stats and sadio Mane, it was like clear to me this guy is going to be absolutely amazing i remember i was in a room with seven journalists arguing with them all because none of them said that sadio Mane was going to be a big hit and i said this guy's going to be absolutely amazing most of them i get wrong that one i got completely right and there's one player before i you know, ask if you've got any more ideas uh, for midfielders that we can sign. There's one more player, Maxence Kakare. I'll put his stats on the screen now. Maxence Kakare from Lyon, 93rd percentile for tackles, um, 87th percentile for dribbles, 88th percentile for passes, forward passes, progressive passes. So he can do the Henderson thing, but he can tackle, he can intercept, he can uh, you know he can block. Um, he can. He, he, he's good at pretty much everything apart from aerial challenges. He's another quite. You know he's not good in the air. Only in the 19th percentile for that. Um, he's. You know he's creative. He, he he's in the 80th percentile for shot creating actions, and I think this guy's great. He's only 22 years old, so i reckon leon would do business for sort of 50 60 million i hope they would for kakare 60 million on kakare and another 60 million 70 million on zambo and gisa give me those two yeah, over any you know any uh any any one particular individual no matter how good even bellingham i mean bellingham's a freak i don't know if you've seen his stats i'll just show you um I, I, when i say freak i mean in with the it greatest possible respect you know like uh, his stats are nuts i will just put them on the screen here he's in the he's in the you know 90th percentile or more in the following for the audio listeners um non penalty goals uh not uh, non penalty expected goals uh, he's in the 89th percentile for non-penalty XG and expected eight, uh, assists all added together. He's in the 89th percentile for that. He's in the 96th for dribbles, the 93rd for touches in the opponent box, the 92nd for receiving attacking passes, so he gets into great positions to receive the ball. His interceptions are in the 85th percentile. His tackles in the 67th, and his um, blocks are in the 81st. He's got low so many brilliant brilliant stats and he's only 19 years old and 207 days whoever does get in doug is going to get a a hell of a player but are you worried now that you know i mean i've long since given up on top four is that gonna you know how confident are you out of 10 of of us actually landing bellingham i'm i'm on a 0.3 yeah
2: i'm I'm probably on a 0.5 if i'm being honest that's uh optimistic Okay. Yeah, it's really unlikely at the moment. Uh, I think it's the safest thing to say, but I suppose, you know, Enham is definitely a dream. Uh, Is definitely a dream for for all of us. I mean, his stats are, are, are crazy. I saw his goal yesterday, and it was a fantastic goal. He scored for uh, Dortmund um, against Augsburg in a four-three victory. Um, it was, I think, as well. Um, but no, I mean, you know, as I said earlier, we have to have uh, not just one target. We need to have a couple of targets for for midfielders. It's 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 no good basically going for one target, and if you don't get him, then you you know you're back to score one. So. Yeah, for me, um, I do
0: think Bellingham is a bit of a, a dream at the moment. Yeah, I mean, any signing's a bit of a dream at the moment. <laughs> um, I don't know, Nigel. What do you reckon? I mean, are we going to actually sign anyone? And you know, if we don't, are you going to be FSG out? Are you going to be joining the picket lines? Get a ferry over to Liverpool. Bring your bring your pitchfork.
1: Join the picket lines on my
0: own. <laughs> well, but yes, can I mean, really speak anyway uh, in their absence
1: when yeah. right? <laughs> Now, I just like to just point out something as well. um in the, these new players signing and stuff like that, um when uh Chelsea signed this guy yesterday, this uh, this winger guy. And there was another one during the week as well, and I can't remember who it is. What are these eight-year contracts? I thought there was only—I read somewhere that they, they can only offer a five-year contract. Are they openly flouting these FFP rules now at the moment? Well, no, you know no,
0: apparently someone someone explained it to me on Twitter. I'm sorry, I, can't, I I forget. Um, I've got an awful memory. I forget who it is. Uh, but uh, thank you to that person anyway. Um, that. Uh, what they do is they offer the maximum, because I looked it up in the regulations, the FIFA regulations very clearly say you can only offer five year contracts. But how they get around it is to give a five year contract and uh, a promise of a guaranteed three year contract after. You see, so like, you know, there are the rules and then there you have the right lawyers, the expensive lawyers to go around the rules. This is what politicians have been doing with tax for many years and Nigel's gone he's gone he just stood up and walked off at that in disgust probably okay, no, uh, but it's a prop. oh okay I'm you prop. got what is it a prop what is brown it brown envelope oh the brown envelope, okay. Brown envelope. <laughs> okay he's gonna get the brown envelope yes what's inside yeah. <laughs> it's a fifa brown envelope full of money yeah who knows ah uh, excellent uh, doug uh what do you what do you reckon to uh I don't know the, the the corruption going around the rules or this FFP Chelsea thing.
2: I just think it's ludicrous. Um, you know the the fact that they're given these big big contracts. Like I I I I thought something dodgy was on was happening. Uh, I can't lie. Um, I mean the amount of money they've spent is absolutely obscene. Um, I, I think I calculated the other day. I think it's something like five hundred and six million in the last six months. It's
0: cheapest. I
2: mean that's like that's like back to your Abramovich days, like when he sort of used to spend, 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 spend. Um, I I thought Moodrake yesterday changed the good game completely. Yesterday he was he was definitely the the bright spark for Chelsea when he came on, um yesterday, um but. I mean that that game yesterday. I mean, I know I finished 0 nil, and if I'm being honest, like I wasn't surprised it finished 0-0. Like there wasn't really much build. Like how can you remember the last time a a Liverpool Chelsea game has had very less build up to that game? And I I had a I had a feeling it was it was it was either going to be like one way, it was either going to be a draw, or it was basically going to be a narrow Chelsea win because we're just not in the best of form at the moment. We're not we're, we've not got any confidence whatsoever. Um and actually the, 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 the other thing as well when you look at the changes that Chelsea brought on to our changes, you know, Potter is getting a lot of stick. and, and right and rightly so, because cause you know he, he has inherited a, a very, very good team. But it's quite clear to see now that it's not his signings, it's Bowley's signings. Now, if if that gets wrong, what does Bowley do? Does he get rid of Potter? Now, for me, Boley wanted Potter immediately the minute he came into Chelsea. So I, I can only imagine now that Potter will get time at Chelsea.
0: Um, I hope he does get time. Uh, but, you know, Chelsea, they've, they've, got, the, they've got the highest um, spending of the 21st century of any club. In some ways, they've underachieved. And that brings us back to a point that we often repeat, maybe, that you don't need to spend an extraordinary amount of cash to win things. Um, Nigel, there is the possibility that we would, I mean, it's been rubbished in the last week. Uh, James Pearce has said Liverpool are nowhere near close to concluding any kind of deal for Qatar. We don't even know if Qatar actually have actually submitted a bid or not. But if we did get an extraordinary amount of cash, a windfall from being owned by a state as part of a project to funnel funds uh, on behalf of the government uh would you <laughs> how would you feel because a lot of people would not be happy no
1: no i wouldn't be happy and i know there's people have said to me that they would be walking away but uh, that's easier said than done i i'm not sure i could i'm not sure i could i would not be happy i know that for an absolute fact but uh, if someone said to me completely cut off liverpool fc from your life ooh, i'm not so sure i would find that extremely extremely difficult
0: yeah i mean you know I, I i would keep supporting the club and i would uh you know hope that uh, together you know as not just liverpool fans or whatever i think you know humanity we could we could we could try and improve a little bit and be nicer to each other and not sort of you know kill the planet and kill each other and all this stuff that people have been doing you know in terms of you know to put on the world cup in qatar though those people who died absolutely horrible absolutely horrible so to have these people owning our clubs i mean lots of people on twitter 77 percent of one massive poll that i saw all were in favor of a qatari takeover okay you want to be competitive okay uh but we gotta have conversations (laughs) we gotta have you know the idea of learning and moving forward is you know something that we have to try and do uh to make a better world you know as idealistic as that sounds let me know how you feel about a it. Qatari takeover in the comments um doug what what about you how do you how do you feel about it today
2: um i've stated in the past i've never wanted to be state-owned i would never ever ever want to be state-owned um but i don't want i would never walk away from liverpool football club like liverpool football club have been the team that i've supported since a boy. Um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't want like to get away from it. Um, as well, I wouldn't agree with what would be happening. Um, but I would focus on the, the sort of the on, on the pitch matters. What, what the, the football that we, that we play. Um, because I don't think politics should come into football. I don't think it should. Um, but I would be totally against a state-owned country, um, owning us. Um, I don't agree with the Saudi um take over Newcastle, I've got to be honest. Um that you know, we as I said, don't get politics into into football, but um yeah, I'm a bit a bit wary. A bit wary of the of these rumors because you never know what to uh, sort of say, yeah, that's gonna happen, or like, you don't know what to read. Like it could be absolute rubbish, could be absolute tosh, or it could be absolutely, you know, spot on. Um, but at this moment in time, I think it's up in the air. Um, so I think we just need to basically wait and see what will uh, what will happen.
0: Yeah, very interesting stuff. We've got a few comments in. Michael O'Connor says sports washing horrible. Uh yes. Um, you know, uh, Egyptian king on the other hand, he says. Um, you know uh football has changed so much it's all about money now you need money to compete nowadays which is true to a degree yes you do need a lot of money i mean you know we just willy-nilly mentioned you know signing players for 60 70 million or whatever it's more money than we'll ever see isn't it but it's nothing in football um so yeah I don't know I don't know it's 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 a difficult one um but I think with the you know, and the other people as well, you know, they, they quite rightly pointed out, you know, if, we, if we're going to get into morality and morality surrounding Liverpool Football Club, then you can indeed look at, uh, you know, Standard Chartered, AXA, these big companies and the effect that they've had on communities and in the world as as, you know, not exactly pro-human rights as well. So it's, you know a minefield and lots of people they want to shut down the conversation there but cop on we are going to at least mention it we are at least going to talk about some of it because otherwise um you know you just never go into these complex matters do you? you you know and so i think it's worth talking about but one thing i want to talk about talk about you know things being you know pretty depressing is are those 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 shouts those those chants uh from chelsea fans um yesterday nigel it's it's one thing apparently they made an announcement um about homophobic chanting like not to say anything homophobic which i get but if at the same time um you know you're being called like murderers and there are you know shouts about um the victims of 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 a tragedy when people died um people are singing about that why like why are they even doing it to get a rise you know to be aggressive because they think it's uh, it winds us up or whatever it's like sick nigel there's there's a there's a deep sickness there isn't it well
1: it's become the norm home and away our fans have to endure If if we're playing at home the away fans are singing it. if we're away the home fans are singing it. It's become the norm every single week for about the last maybe three, four seasons, maybe longer.
0: But but especially since we've become good again. Oh, yeah. Football. That's that's it. That's it, really.
1: Yeah. Um, There was a guy on Twitter yesterday. um, I'm not even going to, I don't know if you saw it. A picture of a beer can and a Chelsea fan. We're going to the, we're playing whoever. I'm not saying it. Um, like these, there's no, there is no like pushback to that from anything. Like these authority guys can say whatever the hell they want. To, you can't say this, you can't say that over PA systems. Have we seen anything happen over it? We
0: have not, and will we? I don't think so. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, as 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 uh, surveillance. Uh, technology improves as it constantly is. You know the militaries of the world, etc., are, are, are improving the technology. But Gary Richards is in the is in the chat. Hi, Gary. Lovely to have you with us, sir. He says ban a lot of them, um, and I wonder if that will be possible. Perhaps not yet. But in, in the future, uh, Nigel, you're shaking your head. You don't think it's going to be possible to facially no. recognise all these people and just yeah. bands, blanket ban?
1: Yeah, it probably is. But these guys are probably, you know, home and away season ticket holders. or Some of them, anyway, are away season ticket holders. You know, guaranteed a ticket to every game. You think these clubs are going to do that? Not a bloody hope in hell. No way. They just, they just want asses uh, and asses in, asses in Week after week, we don't care what these guys say. They can say what they want. It's only Liverpool, like you
0: know. Uh, so you Liverpool see? can ban them. I mean, I'm not asking Chelsea to ban oh, their own fans. I'm oh, saying at been... Anfield, you know, we can recognise these people, and they're not coming back next year. <sighs> I don't know.
1: I, I'd love to see it, but uh, when just. These, uh, I just don't think it'll happen because fans like, uh, can you imagine? Oh, we've recognized out of your 6,000 people, it was 5,000 of your fans singing this yesterday. They're all banned, don't let them come back here or they'll be arrested. They won't be let in the ground, they'll be arrested. You think Chelsea are going to listen to that or anybody else? I'm not just saying it's Chelsea, but it's just because it was yesterday. But week after week, like I said before, club after club, home and away, we go up and down the divisions. Like it's one thing these lads singing, Your atmosphere is rubbish and stuff like this. That's you know, don't mind a bit of banter here and there, but. The murderous stuff and and the victim stuff—that's not banter. That's not fair on like ninety-seven people that didn't come home from of a match and how countless number of victims of like the aftermath. Of. What about what happened with the Newcastle fans in the Lippings Lane in a couple of weeks ago? Are, someone gonna st- uh, are people going to start singing at them when they have to try and pull people out of the out of the, the same terraces or the same entrances as our f- fans got stuck in in nineteen eighty nine So like, I, I really can't see it. I really can't. I, I think they're no. I
0: don't know. So. I mean, it's a real sickness, though, isn't it? I mean, how 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 shitty do you have to be as a human uh, to uh, to sing things like that, Doug? I mean, what do you? I mean, it was it's just, just like as Nigel says, it's not going away, is it? And I, I, what do you think about it? Is there any kind of answer, or I don't know? Talk, give us your views. I
2: mean, watching the game yesterday, you could actually hear it very, very vocally. It was being picked up by one of the sort of the near side sort of microphones. Um, like you literally could hear it. Like it was just it was deafening at times. It was just really annoying. Like it it really it really got to me. And you know, I, I feel for the, the, the people that 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 suffered at, at Hillsborough. I really, really do. Like how how do you think that makes them feel, knowing that you're getting that that, that song sung to you, always the victims. Like, it's just it really, really annoys me to the to the core. I keep saying it, if you sing or mock a disaster, like the Bradford disaster, like the Eyebrows disaster, like the Munich Air disaster, then you are nothing but scum. You are nothing but a scumbag. Um, Honestly, it's... is it gonna stop no like the F- the fa can talk what they want yeah you can't sing the chelsea chant, but right so you can't sing that song so ban hillsborough ban munich ban any type of disaster ban the song that i think um people are singing for the the two leads people who died in turkey like honestly just stop it like people just need to be educated but the problem is, it ain't going to
1: happen. Sean
0: Cox. Mm-hmm. People start singing about Sean Cox. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely insane. But it's insane. It's that stupid. It's actually insane. Uh, but, uh, no, well well, well said. Well said, everybody. And Gary in the chat, he says he agrees. Utter Muppets. Complete Muppets. Um, so, yeah, well done, Doug. Um, let's move on to, to other things, you know, happier things. Uh, Everton. Uh, just I mean I'm Frank in. I've been Frank Lampard in um ever since he joined the club because what's happening there is Doug, I'm gonna go straight back to you. It's 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 the fast that everyone saw coming. You know what I mean? You've got the, the, the man with the custard pie and his arm is back and he's ready with the custard pie. And you have the you know the policeman or whatever it is, whose face is just an arm's length away from the custard pie. in one of those old comedy films, this is Everton. It's bleedingly obvious. and the question is, are those toffees gonna go down? I think no it looks like a it
2: looks like it looks like the way that they they are playing right now. I mean i I don't care if a Dan Juma comes in and, and says, "Look, Dan Juma is a very very good player. Don't get me wrong." But he ain't going to save everything. Um, I mean, the, the 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 thing that really struck me yesterday. I don't I don't know if anyone's seen it. The, the Sky person, I think his his name's Gary Cottrell, He saw Farhad Mashiri and Bill Kenwright. Farhad Mashiri s- says, "Is this like he was?" Farhad Mashiri was asked, "Is this the end of Frank Lampard's time at, at Everton?" Oh, I don't make the decision.
0: Who makes the decisions at Everton? Then
2: <laughs> someone come out and tell me who makes these decisions because. If Bill Kenwright doesn't make a decision, if Farad Moshiri, the owner, is not making the decision, then, then, then obviously who is? But um, Everton, yeah. For me, I think they're doomed. I mean, the, 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 one, the one thing is as well. Like there is a lot of rumours about Frank Lampard's future, and I obviously get that. But what would be the point in sacking them? Their next two games, Arsenal at home, they're going to win that. And then their next game, their next away game is Liverpool away as well. Like. Those are two games you probably expect them to get nil points in. So what is the point in sacking sacking Frank Lampard right now? It, it, it wouldn't make sense.
0: Well, there might be some kind of new manager bounce, especially if, as as Alan suggests in the chat, they get Stevie G in as manager. Nigel, there you go. I mean, whoever is making the decisions is really bananas, aren't they? They're absolutely bananas. The the topic. Tough... Are it's, melting it's, as uh, the like king says. Excellent. Keep up. It's I
1: look to just start on on this. On, on the Everton note this is a historic club founder of the Football League one of the two clubs who have never been relegated and they're an absolute oh god they've been now they've been kind of flirting a few with the, down the years a few when Mike Walker was in charge when they should probably should have been relegated on the end of this end of the last day of the season against Wimbledon Hans Sagers saved Everton maybe they should get him the manage he might be able to keep him up um, but you know uh, oh they're a disaster I didn't see any of that game yesterday um, I like I said before, I've I'm not watching anything like the amount of football as I used to because of the standard of
0: refereeing. So, oh man, you're missing a treat though. I've got some some of their results up. So they lost to to West Ham, they lost to Southampton, they lost to Brighton in their last three matches, conceding eight goals and scoring two. Um, before that, they drew a match, which was obviously you know happy days for uh, for the Everton. Uh, but uh, no, no, hang on, this disappeared from my screen now. Hang on. We might break... be going
1: go for a name change, I think. Change their name to Everton-Nil. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they're, uh, they're uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but it's pretty awful. They made, So they drew with Manchester City, of course, well done. Uh, and then they lost at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, they lost against Bournemouth, 3-0, 3-0 to Bournemouth away. They lost to Leicester City at home, 2-0. They drew with Fulham nil nil. This is their last uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's their last eight results. I mean the- Pardon?
1: You look at just saying you look at the, you look at those last results and you look lost to Southampton, lost to Leicester, lost to Bournemouth, all teams that are down there with them. Yes. And they're beating them. This, they lost this, the
2: Wolves as well.
1: Lost the Wolves as well. The six pointer, the proverbial six pointer, and they've lost all of them. All of them, yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing. They're
1: playing Arsenal in their next game. Unless they find a genie or something, I don't think they're beating
0: Arsenal. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. don't know who, who plays fantasy football around here, but uh, get all your Arsenal players in. Um, uh, Luca's here from uh, Luca AFC. He says, big up. Hello, Luca. I bet he's a happy man. Uh, Arsenal fan. Great to have you with us. Uh, and uh, yeah, Egyptian King suggests Neverton. And... <laughs> yeah exactly uh it's uh yeah the board of everton can't come out to speak um you know and just look at i mean this was bad as well that the woman who's on the board at everton she was put in a headlock by an everton fan after the brighton loss now come on i mean you know that's just awful you know it's a game of football at the end of the day yes we'd love to see our team win and you know, as Liverpool fans, we can't even possibly imagine the pain of being an Everton fan. But there are some lines that you've just, you just, there's no need to cross. That honestly, it's oh, just. Hey, luck awful. And women are throne. I mean, how cowardly! What a load of cowardly shit that is. But uh... I,
2: I, I honestly don't think anyone could even save Everton at this moment in time. I don't even think Jack Bauer could go into Everton board and basically say, "Right, hands up." Hands up, who 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 has done this, who has done that? Um I honestly can't I honestly can't see anyone, not even Jesus could save Everton right now. Big big Sam. Big Sam. I mean I mean there's this myth about him never being relegated. Absolute nonsense. He took West Bromley.
0: Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Nigel, you said
1: you said back to the brown envelopes, big Sam.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, but anyway, okay. So let's let's go back to to Liverpool. I mean, look at Liverpool's uh, next matches. I mean, I'm even you know the next one, of course, is in the Cup. Brighton. How hard can that be, Nigel? Brighton. Um, surely we, you know, I mean, uh,
1: the only thing about the break for the FA Cup means we might get a couple of players back before we have our next league game.
0: Yeah. True. We might have
1: gotten the back maybe and we might I don't know how what the situation is with Luis Diaz. I see it, he's seen him in the gym there and he's hopefully he's he's coming close to a
0: return. I Virgil's think it's more. I, th- I think it's. I think it's more March time for Luis Diaz. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure.
2: I, I I heard March for Luis Diaz. I think it's more February for Diogo Jota. But again, we cannot. We can't rush these players back.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. We have. We have to take our time. But uh, let's look forward to the next few matches before we. Uh, before we call it a night. I mean, we've got Brighton next. Okay, so it's away at the FA Cup. Um, on the 29th of January. Then after that, we're away to Wolves. I mean, if we're not playing Brighton, we're playing Wolves these days uh, in the Premier League. Um, Then then we've got Everton. So please keep your manager. Please keep your manager until then. Come on, boys. It's the right decision. Um, uh, And that's on the 13th of February. And then we're going to the 18th of February. We're away at Newcastle. Then we're at home to Real Madrid. then we're away to Palace that's always tough one then we're at home to Man United and uh, away to Bournemouth before we face Real Madrid again in Spain Um, but there's a load of matches there but in the immediate future let's look at the next sort of three matches for example Brighton Wolves and Everton I mean I can see at least one win from there how many do you reckon, Doug? How many wins are you looking at? Three out of three? Is the optimism getting to you?
2: Yeah, I think three out of three would be uh, very, very good. Uh, we do have a good record against Brighton in the FA Cup. And we do have a good record against them in the FA Cup. So uh, maybe when that. I think we'll beat Wolves. Um, I think we'll beat Wolves. And I'm pretty, pretty sure we'll beat the Eves at Anfield.
0: Yeah, but when you talk about records, Brighton have never had a a team as good as this one, and we've never had a team as bad as this one, arguably. True, true,
2: but, but anything can happen in the FA Cup. Anything can happen in the FA Cup, but I, I, I still think there is some, some magic there in the in the
0: FA Cup, I'd really do. Are you starting Kelleher, Doug?
2: Yes, for me I am starting Kelleher, yeah.
0: Milner at right back?
2: Um. Yes, I would. Def- I would definitely start Milner right back. Yeah.
0: Interesting. What about you, Nigel? Milner, Trent.
1: Milner hasn't been letting anyone down. Like, you know what I mean? It's just. How about that yellow card he took yesterday when your man went past the Mudrick? <laughs> <there
0: anything>? mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
1: well, what a great tackle that was! It was. <laughs> you know, it... a little bit up there. You know, just to do the, do the things that need to be done. Not leave big, wide open gaps. Take his legs out from underneath him. No problem. Take the card for the team.
0: Uh, you're right, he hasn't been letting people down he has been, uh, yeah, exactly Picking up yellow cards like it was a yellow Christmas Absolutely Just got to remember, from the,
1: from the mid-80s In the, in the mid-80s yeah, We mean... played Brighton two years, I think, in a row in the FA Cup And they knocked us out both times Jimmy Case scored the winner in one of them I think it was probably the year they got to the final, 84 um, Jimmy Case knocked us out coming back to Anfield They beat us two years in a row, I think um, So they have a little bit of history against us in the FA Cup as well um the wolves game after it's the same thing again as i said the other day get out and be positive we didn't do we didn't do that yesterday we didn't start positively get on the front foot cut out the of passive play a positive team and try and uh, put players in their best positions um instead of uh, square pegs and round holes um just uh, like uh, we should i'm not gonna say we should we're not, play, we're not playing well enough to be shouldn't beating anybody but um it's it's Time for backs against the wall. Um, play the guys in the right positions. Oh, it's it's so frustrating watching us at the moment. That sideways passing it just drives me demented.
0: Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean we, with Arsenal today against Man United, the thing that really st- stood out for me was how many how many times Arsenal were just able to 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 break the lines. You know with vertical passes that were because they trusted that even though there were people around, defenders around their teammate, they trusted that their teammate was going to keep the ball, was going to play one-touch, two-touch football and they were going to try and create space by taking a few little risks because they knew as well if they lost the ball, Thomas Partey et al., could cover so quickly and, and win the ball back and you know the, the second half especially arsenal really dominated that second half and they deserved to win and it was the amount of you know time that they they swarmed united as soon as united won the ball in defense they they swarmed it to win it back and uh it was it was a super performance um but yeah we need to you know, as you say, be positive. We need to look forward. Um, so it's the same question I ask pretty much every week. Ben Doke's your man, Doug. Bring out Ben Doke for any of these matches: Brighton, Wolves, Everton.
2: Absolutely. I've been, I've been, I've been actually asking him to to start a game. Um, hopefully, we see him at the the game against Brighton on um, on Sunday. I would definitely start him. Uh, I think I think Mo needs a break. I think he needs a rest. Um, so yeah, for me, I would definitely start Doke.
0: So interesting. So you're going Doke on the right. Mm-hmm. Who's in the um, middle, and who's on the left?
2: Who's in the middle? I would actually go. I'd actually go Darwin in the middle, and mm-hmm. then I'd probably go
1: oh, Gakpo or Carvalho.
0: I would go Gakpo on the left. It's, it sounds like fun to me. What about you, Nigel?
1: I'm trying to stick with four four two. It ain't going to happen. But I play <laughs> twin strikers. Darwin and Cody Gakpo up front. Play Ben dog on the right. Ben <laughs> the right
0: midfield with 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 yeah, yeah, uh, N- yeah. Naby Keita yeah. and Tiago in the middle. Yeah. And who's on the left? Who's on the left of midfield? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I, tr- I, I go for Naby. No, but hang on. No, but Naby's in the centre. Oh, Naby's in the middle. Sorry, no. I play
1: Tiago and Fabinho. or Tiago and Bajetic in the middle.
0: i play Naby. Oh, interesting. So yeah, give give Naby the 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 space to go eat, cut, go inside, cut inside yeah. a bit of a free roll.
1: Yeah, because our key, our key from a, for a few years, if you look at the way we cut pe- cut teams open, is we try to get behind the fullbacks for years. We could try to get our wide men in behind the fullbacks, and uh, it hasn't been happening. It just has not been happening. So try and get a couple of people wide, cut them down. Two big lads in there, then let them cause all the problems in the middle, or then switch. You can you can always try and cut in across then and fill the gap like nabby just come inside maybe and darwin cut out to the left and nabby just breaking late into the box or ben duck coming and breaking and late into the box um just we haven't been doing that we haven't been breaking from midfield because we've been broken in midfield
0: <laughs> well yes exactly exactly yes watery you know leaky our leaky lifeboat is uh midfield um i want to thank you uh guys for 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 being esteemed guest today Nigel and doug doug what's happening with your YouTube channel these days
2: yeah i've gotve got, I've, I've been kind of taking a bit of a sort of a hiatus at the moment but uh no i'll, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm going to be trying to do a few i think i'm gonna try to do a few watch alongs this week um for some of the FA cup ties so I'm gonna be trying that uh, FA cup predictions as well um and maybe a transfer video here or there
0: Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Do check it out, subscribe to Doug's channel, it, uh, the link will be in the description of the audio podcast for those of you listening. Thank you a zillion for listening. Um, Nigel, any, any last thoughts? Is there anything in particular you would like to say we haven't said already?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to just have a quick comment on what I said the other day uh, about the mental health thing. Just try try to help everybody, you know, we all need one another like this these are great avenues for for talking to people and speaking like like i had did with some of the lads i did when when the first lockdown occurred um encourage more and more people to come on here and chat with us love talking to people so you know do it more talk to everybody that's it really
0: yeah beautifully well said yeah everybody out there um You know, there was, uh, I spoke to a friend of mine who was uh, having having difficulties uh, yesterday and it was really, really good uh, to to have a chat, to speak honestly and openly about whatever was going on and uh, he felt a lot better for it and even if you're in, you know, a place where you think no one can understand, even if you're not even there yet, and you just want to talk about your mental health and you want to talk about how things are, how things are with you. And, you know, if, if, if you can do that, then, you know, do it. Reach out to your friends, you know, send us an email coponpodcast at gmail.com. Do whatever you need to do. But, uh, you know, we're, we're all there for you. We know that you are cherished and your presence is absolutely wonderful thanks to all everybody in the comments uh the egyptian king says great show guys thank you very much egyptian king spider fc unleash doke nunez and Gakpo. he agrees with you doug and i tell you what that sounds exciting to me um and uh you know the uh, gary richards is predicting six goals for star win in the next three games. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Egyptian King says, when we play Madrid, I'll be sneaking into North Korea for a long vacation. I'm not sure <laughs> you'll be allowed back if you do that. You might might want to get back for the second leg, you know, because it's going to be this season's Barcelona when everyone's written us off. When we're trailing 3-0 from the first leg, we're going to go to Bernabeu this time and win 4-0. Mark my words um thank you everybody have a wonderful evening and uh you know day night wherever you are and we'll see you soon bye-bye thank
1: you